Thanks for joining the CC America podcast, where we are getting mentally fit through testimonies of faith, inspiration, and transformation. We hope you enjoy the show. This is a live recording of the CC America podcast. Welcome to this episode of the CC America podcast hosted by me, Tamiria Jordan. In tonight's episode, we are going to talk about expecting the unexpected. So I feel like with 2020, this topic is so on point and so timely, especially because life is full of ups and downs, so many twists and turns. And what happens when things don't meet our expectations? Do we wallow in self-pity or get off on the next exit? In this show, we are going to talk about that. I am going to share my personal testimonies of how I am coming to terms and writing my own terms as it relates to the unexpected things that happen in life. Because at the end of the day, we all know that things are going to happen. We hear that all the time. We've probably been taught that since being a kid, that things will happen. And I am learning more and more that this is so true. Um, This is so very true. And um, I just feel like it is such a timely topic, again, especially with everything that's happening this year. So many transitions, so many ups and downs, so many unexpected losses, but then on the flip side, so many gains and so many positive things. So before I hop into this topic and you know, talk about some of my personal experiences with regard to expecting the unexpected, I do want to start off in prayer. So Lord God, we just come to you now lifting up everyone under the sound of my voice. I pray that you would bless them and their families, that you would help them, Lord God, through any difficulties they may be facing, that you would give them peace and that you would give them the courage to push forward and push through anything that they may be facing right now. We give you praise and honor for the glory, for your peace that you've given us for watching over us each and every day, for waking us up in the morning and giving us another opportunity to be on this earth and fellowship with our family and friends. We thank you for um, breath in our lungs. We thank you for the ability to see, to speak, to walk. For those who may not have that ability, we thank you for the abilities that they do have. And we pray that you would just cover each and every person. We come against COVID-19 and we pray that you would protect individuals, Lord God, and that you would strengthen them in their immune systems um, and that you would give them the mental fortitude to just push forward with regard to anything that we are facing. We know that life is full of the unexpected, but we know that if we continue to have faith, we can trust in you to work it all out for our good. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So let's talk about expectations. So ironically, tonight was a different show um, in terms of the topic, but here we are expecting the unexpected. So uh, that actually is what sparked tonight's title. Um, Tonight, I did have a different show planned, but God had other plans, meaning things didn't work out, but it gave me this thought. Um, And I had a a list of topics that I want to talk about, but as I thought about today and I reflected on what the plan was versus where I am, it made me think about expectations. And so we may expect to do certain things. We may expect to be certain places. We may expect um, situations to be a certain way, but life has a funny way of turning those things upside down. So tonight I said, what better way to discuss this than to talk about what's real, what's happening, which is the unexpected. So when I looked up the term expect, expected, expecting. Merriam-Webster defines it as to consider probable or certain. Another definition is to consider reasonable, due, or necessary. It's to consider bound in duty or obligated. And then lastly, to anticipate or look forward to the coming of an occurrence. So when we think about expectations, it's really what we are expecting, we're anticipating or looking forward to something happening. And when those things don't happen, 
how do we feel? So when things are not anticipated or expected, the unforeseen, how does that make us feel? Oftentimes, um, many of us may get anxious. We may feel worried. We may feel, um, you know, weary or tired, depending on what the unexpected circumstance is. You think about COVID-19. So many people were diagnosed with an unexpected illness this year. Um, other people have been going through different situations. And I know in the very first episode of the CC America podcast, I shared a very personal story. My husband and I went through a miscarriage um, at the very beginning of this year in uh, early February that did not end until March. But going back to that situation, when I met with the doctors on February 10th, they gave us our options and they said, these are your options. You can either have a DNC surgery or you can allow your body to miscarry naturally. So based on the information that was provided, I made the decision along with my husband to go through with the surgery. And while I was nervous about it, I had certain expectations based on what the doctors told me. And so for it not to work out that way, I was very disappointed. Um, I was nervous. I was anxious. I was hurt because I felt like information was not um, provided to my husband and I. But furthermore, I was afraid for my life, considering the fact that I've now had surgery that was unsuccessful and I'm still having to go through the miscarriage process um, and no one could tell me how long it would take. So talk about being unexpected or unforeseen. We had no idea how long this process would take. We didn't know, you know, if it would be a long time. We didn't know if it was going to be a short time. All we know is that this situation was happening. And so we were nervous. Um, we were anxious and we were hoping for the best. But obviously, with life situations, you just never know. Anything can happen. And so in that situation, I was freaking out because I didn't know what to expect. And I kept getting different answers from different doctors. Um, I go to a practice where there's multiple doctors that you can see. And so depending on who I spoke with, I got a different response. So knowing that I didn't know what to expect because they really couldn't tell me. They literally said, you know, every woman's situation is different. We really don't know what to tell you other than we're going to do everything that we can to make sure that you are okay um, and that you don't get an infection and that you recover quickly, but we really can't make any guarantees because we don't know. And so during that situation, that is what really made me start to change my frame of mind because I think back over my life and I think about different situations that were unexpected. I tend to let things bother me, meaning I am very sensitive to what is happening around me. If something is going wrong or if something is unexpected, I would get anxious or worried. Um, and although I always bounced back, I still had those feelings, but this time I looked at it as a way to channel my feelings, but also to trust God more. And even though it was hard in the moment, I had no choice because it was something that one, I had never been through. Other people had been through it, but maybe they didn't go through the same situation I did. So even in talking with other individuals who may have gone through similar experiences, they could not tell me what to expect because they had never been through what I was going through. So you think about a detour. You're driving down a road and you see a hazard sign because maybe there's a pothole or maybe there's a sinkhole. There's something in the road that's now a hazard that you are not able to go the way in which you expect it. Thankfully, in 2020, we can use GPS or other modes to figure out where to go. But think about a long time ago when we didn't have those things, when we were, you know, out and about driving and you expected to be able to go the way that you were going. We didn't expect to have to take a detour. But in life, there are so many detours, so many stops, so many things that we don't anticipate happening. But a detour um, doesn't necessarily mean a denial. And I remember when I heard that in church many, many years ago, probably about 10 years or more 
ago. And I remember hearing um, delay is not denial, but I think of detours in the same way. It's not necessarily a denial that you won't make it to your destination. It just means that the way in which you'll go about it is a different way. So sometimes we may have to take the long or roundabout route to avoid something that's dangerous um, in order to make it to our final destination. So I started to think about this in the context of life. And I was like, wow, there are so many things that happen in each of our lives that we don't anticipate. And I don't know about you, but I know for me, I am learning that a lot of those things, even though in the moment they might make me angry, they might make me frustrated, they might make me sad, weary, tired, whatever the feeling is that is associated with that circumstance, I have found that a lot of those situations have been some of my most important life lessons because it's something I didn't expect. But in that process, I learned perseverance. I learned how to keep going. I learned that I had an inner strength that I did not know. And so I think about those things and I say, okay, you know what? This actually was a blessing in disguise. But how often when we're in the situation, when we're in the season, when we are in the valley, do we really look at it as, oh, this is a blessing? Honestly, most of the time we're probably thinking, why me? Why am I going through this? Like you look at other people and it looks like their life is so perfect. And you're wondering, well, why why am I going through this? And when I think about scripture in James 1, Starting in verse two, it says, my brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And so when I think about that, I'm like, okay, a long time ago, I probably thought I knew what that meant, but I start started to realize that I know more now what it means because of situations that I've been through where I had to rely on the doctors. I had to have patience with people who couldn't tell me when I would be healed. I had to have patience with people who didn't tell me initially that my surgery was unsuccessful. They literally told me after my surgery, okay, Um, Here are the signs and uh, symptoms to look out for. If any of these things happen, make sure you call the doctor or you go back to the hospital. So that's all I was thinking that I had to look for until I started to have some of those very symptoms. And then when we went back to the doctor, um, the doctor who performed the surgery admitted that there were some tissue left over um, from the miscarriage, but they didn't tell us that when I was in the hospital, essentially the hope was probably that things would resolve on their own and there would be no need for a follow-up. But at that point, everything got flipped upside down because I was not expecting to have any issues because the first two days after my surgery, everything was fine. I had no issues at all, no complications, no complaints, no real pain. I was starting to feel normal. I had actually started working again and out of the blue, I think it was two and a half days, almost to day three, I started to experience symptoms, including a fever and some other things. And so I was shocked that I was going through this because in my mind, I was like, huh, after my surgery, I wasn't in pain. I didn't have any symptoms. So I thought I would be fine. So when I think about that scripture and it talks about the trying of your faith, worketh patience, and we think about what faith means, faith we're literally believing in something that we do not see. We are hoping and trusting in something, um, hoping that those situations will come to pass. Um, so when I think about faith, for me, I'm putting my complete trust um, and confidence in God, for instance. I when I think about my surgery, when I went in that day, of course, you know, I had my faith and trust in God, but I also put my faith and trust in the surgeons and everyone that was going to be there that day to help me go through that process. But then when that, when that trust or that confidence is broken, you start to get weary, you start to get anxious. And so when I think about our lives, I think about expecting the unexpected. When things don't go right, it is so easy to go off track. 
And as someone who tended to go off track and sometimes stay focused on what didn't go right, um, this year has been a real eye opener for me. And actually it was what catapulted me to start this podcast because this was a vision from over 10 years ago. Um, so CC America came to me August, 2010, and I just kept putting it off every year. I would start something would derail me <laughs> talk about detours. I was always getting derailed. It was something that would come up that would keep me off track. And sometimes those things were heavy. So you think about you're planning to do something and then something just rocks your life or shakes your, shakes your foundation. And you have to think about how you're going to move forward. So I think about when I was taking photos, some of the photos that you see now, I was taking photos back in 2017 on the day that my best friend died. I didn't know that she was in the hospital um, because no one could get into her phone, but I didn't even know she was sick. And so when I think about her family, the pain that they went through, um, I think about her, you know, her extended family, her cousins, her friends. Um, I just know how sad and devastated I was to find out that she had passed away the next day. And I literally, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know what to think. Um, because the last time I saw her, we were laughing and we were joking and she said she didn't feel well, but she didn't say, you know, what was going on, but it was nothing really out of the ordinary. It didn't seem like, but to know that things deteriorated so quickly um, and that she is no longer here with us, that will shake you to your core because it makes you realize how short life is and that we live our lives thinking that we have all this time. Um, and we may, but we may not, but we really don't know how much time we have. And I remember one of the conversations she and I had actually um, shortly before she passed away and we were talking about Ruth and I remember reading a scripture to her because we were just talking about, we were encouraging each other like we normally would. And in that scripture, it was talking about how when we do things um, that our legacy may live on far beyond us, if that makes sense. And let me explain. So when we think about that chapter, it talks about the individuals that begat others. And so because of those people being um, obedient, certain things were able to happen. So in Ruth uh, chapter four, it talks about Boaz who took Ruth um, as his wife and the Lord gave her conception and she bare a son. It talked about Ruth. And then it also said that in that chapter, uh, verse 14, and the woman said unto Naomi, blessed be the Lord, which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. And he shall be unto thee a restorer of thy life and a nourisher of thine old age for thy daughter-in-law, which loveth thee, which is better to thee than seven sons hath borne him. And Naomi took the child and laid it in her bosom and became nurse unto it. And the woman, women, her neighbors gave it a name saying, there is a son born to Naomi and they called his name Obed. He is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now these are the generations of Perez. Perez begat Hezron and Hezron begat Ram and Ram begat Amenadab and Amenadab begat Nashon and Nashon begat Salmon and Salmon begat Boaz and Boaz begat Obed and Obed begat Jesse and Jesse begat David. And I remember she and I, we were talking about this and I was like, wow, you know, we think about our lives, but we don't know what our legacies will be. Um, and it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a child to leave a legacy. The interactions that you have with other people can also leave a legacy. The experiences you have. Um, your, your children, of course, are your legacy, but even beyond that, there are things that we can do on this earth 
that will leave a legacy. And my best friend did leave a legacy. There are so many people that she touched with her life. And I remember us having that conversation. It was um, in October and unfortunately she became ill in November. But um, in October, we were talking about this and I happened to be reading a devotional and I shared with her that although Ruth did not know the end from the beginning and the situation in which she was in was unexpected, uh, meaning she had lost her, her prior husband and was a widow, when we think about that, that was unexpected for Ruth. And even though Naomi, her mother-in-law said, you know, that she could go, she decided to still stick by her mother-in-law and to still be there. And now when you think about the history of where she went after that, she could have easily said, you know what, I'm going to go a different way, but she chose not to. She chose to stick by her mother-in-law. And then uh, during that time, she ended up meeting Boaz and I think about her story. It was something that was unexpected, but she stuck by her and things worked out. So when I think about life, I think about all the unexpected things. I remember when I was working on this and I took the pictures that day, it was so earth shattering for me for someone so young to be gone that I literally, I just stopped. I said, you know what? I like, I can't do this right now. And that was three years ago. And every time that I've tried to move forward, there is something that hinders me. Um, but it's because I've looked at the situations that have happened as a, as something that, that stops me. Because like I said before, sometimes when we go through things that are unexpected, that's where the worry, that's where the doubt, that's where the fear creeps in. But at the end of the day, no person knows the day or the hour that we will be called home. And so the unexpected situation that happened for me personally in the beginning of the year, that's what forced me to move forward. Because I thought to myself, just as quickly as this situation went left, that could have been the end of my life. And God gave me this vision 10 years ago, and I'm still sitting on it. Why? And so for me, that was hard. Because in my mind, I didn't think of it as me, you know, wasting my time or not trusting in God. But at the very end of the day, I realized that it's true that I did not allow him to do a work in me. I didn't allow him to show me what he wanted me to see through different situations. It's almost like a deer in headlights. They don't expect the headlights um, when they're just trying to cross the street because they're used to being in the dark or in the woods. So they're not expecting a vehicle to be approaching them. So oftentimes they pause. And literally I think about my life and how many times I have paused because I allowed an unexpected detour to get me off track. In James 4, it says in verse 14, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little while and then vanish away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth, doeth it not, to him it is sin. And it started to have a new meaning for me this year because I realized in the time that I'm not doing what I feel in my heart to do, what if that was my race that God gave me to run? What if there are people who are counting on me to be obedient and I'm not? And that was a hard pill to swallow because as I was going through my situation with the miscarriage, um, all of those things passed were brought to my remembrance, meaning the unexpected deaths, the different situations I've gone through in life where God spared me. I realized over the last two weeks, I was thinking about a situation because a family member went through something pretty traumatic. And I realized I have been in eight motor vehicle accidents, one of which I totaled my car. 
And I've been T-boned. I've been rear-ended multiple times. I've actually caused one of the eight accidents. And so I think, wow, God spared my life all of those times. And to top it off, I've also lived through a natural disaster. I was involved in an F4 tornado in Petersburg, Virginia in 1993, which we were all very fortunate that no one lost their life in my neighborhood, but that could have been a different story. It could have been a different outcome. We didn't expect what happened on that day to happen, but it did, but we're still here. And so when I think about James 4, it hits different now because in my mind, I'm thinking, wait, here we are boasting about tomorrow but we don't even know if we will be here tomorrow. And what 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 am I not doing that I could have done today? And so that feeling, it kind of shakes me to my core because it makes me nervous because I know that our time here, no man knows the day nor the hour, and that is in the word. And as much as we want to hope for and believe and trust, that's all we can do is have faith. And have confidence in God that he will not let us leave this earth before our time. That he will, whatever work that he has started in us, that he will fulfill that work. That we will run our race. But we have to be willing to meet him halfway. Meaning we have to be willing to do the work. And that is the hard part. (laughs) Because sometimes doing the work, when you are thrown some curveballs that you don't expect, Think about 2020. How many people have been laid off from their jobs? That's unexpected. They may not even know where their next meal is coming from or where they're going to lay their heads. But on top of that, they're trying to do other things to stay afloat and keep their families, um, you know, safe and secure to keep their families going when they don't know, you know, where that next opportunity will come from. There's so many, so, so, so many unexpected things um, that happen. But what I'm learning is that the unexpected, um, like earlier where I said delay is not denial or detours is not a denial, it is so true. I'm learning now that with these twists and with these turns, there's a lesson, whatever that lesson is, even if that lesson is something as simple as let me push you forward so that you can actually do what I called you to do, or There's things that are happening behind the scenes in the spiritual realm that we don't even see, that we don't know why it's happening. But I'm starting to learn a little bit more as I've been going through things recently is that some things have to happen in order for us to grow. Like in James 1, where it talks about how those situations really grow our faith if we persevere. And those things really are working something out in us, whether we know it or not. And 1 Samuel 15 is a scripture that uh, was actually one of the first t-shirt designs I had along with Salvation is the New Sexy under my Confident Connotations line. And it was an idea, again, that was given to me years ago. The first was Salvation is the New Sexy, and the second was Obedience Over Sacrifice, or OBOS. And that comes from 1 Samuel 15. And in that verse, verse 22, Samuel said, hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. He hath also rejected thee from being king. So this is specifically talking about Saul because he rejected the voice or the word of the Lord. But then it goes on to say in verse 24, and Samuel said, excuse me, and Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord in thy words because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. I remember when I read that, that stuck with me. And that was probably back in like 2013. And I was like, oh my gosh, what if, God's given me these things and I'm not doing it. And so then I started on the path again. I said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to launch my business. I'm going to help people. I'm going to inspire them. And one of the things that I was doing quite consistently um, back then was a blog because that's where I would 
just write out my thoughts and just share thoughts with people to really encourage them because so many people are going through right now and half of us probably don't even realize, you know, the signs and symptoms of some of the things that we may be going through. When we think about just the number of people who may even be depressed and not know it. In fact, it actually says, if you Google depression, it says there is more than 3 million U.S. cases per year for depression. That is a very common um, situation. And when we think about that, just in the U.S. alone, imagine the numbers worldwide when we think about how many people may be impacted. So you may be wondering, how many people is that? Well, according to the World Health Organization, they published an article January 30th, 2020, It says, depression is a common mental disorder. Globally, more than 264 million people of all ages suffer from depression. And that is a lot of people. They said it's different from usual mood fluctuations and short-lived emotional responses to challenges in everyday life, which is essentially the unexpected things that may happen. But what can happen is that some people if not treated, may fall into a state of constant depression. And that's where we have to get help if we're going through a situation like that. But just the staggering numbers of 264 million people. And when you think about depression and what it looks like, for some people, you may not even realize that they are depressed, but that may be how they respond to the unexpected things in their lives. So I encourage you, you know, just look out and look at the people around you. If you notice changes in their moods, their behaviors, you know, encourage them to seek help. Because when we think about the unexpected things in our lives, we can be, you know, on a high one day, but dealing with life as it comes can be heavy. And if we don't have an outlet, if we don't have a stress reliever, if we don't have someone to talk to, I know for me, my faith has been a really strong pillar in my life, as well as having a good support system when I've gone through unexpected detours. But if you notice that they're having a little interest in doing things, if they're feeling down, if maybe they're not sleeping, they don't have a lot of energy, definitely consider encouraging them to get help. And getting help doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. I know culturally there might be things that, you know, people may look at it a different way depending on your background and your experience. But at the end of the day, you know, especially when you think about with COVID-19, depression can lead people to suicide. And what you would hate to happen is that there was someone that you could have encouraged to get help someone who needed a kind word, someone who needed to know that they mattered and that people see them. Um, And the reason I bring this up is you think about how many people now, because we look at social media, we have access to so much information. I actually feel like it's information overload. I do think that that is a thing (laughs) where there is just so much information coming at us from all angles that on top of the life detours, the unexpected situations that people are experiencing, now they're receiving the news faster than they can take it all in. So you're seeing all these negative images of murders, of of sickness, of illness. And sometimes the news has a little bit of good stuff. But when we think about the news, typically, a lot of times it's the bad stuff first and the good stuff last. So the good stuff tends to be a lot shorter than all of the bad news. So if we're consuming that much bad news, then you add on the life detours and the unexpected, unforeseen situations we go through, and it becomes heavy. And so the reason, you know, for me, this has become really important is because I've actually started to look at some of my unexpected detours and life situations as a lesson. And I've been actually asking God, what do you want to show me? Because sometimes I'll tell you, I will remain in that place and it's not a good place to stay because you'll be in your head. You'll be so wrapped up in your thoughts 
And then those thoughts do become actions, whether good or bad. And so I'm learning to get out of my head because I am someone who does wear my heart on my sleeve and I love deeply and I'm very empathetic. But because I am that way, I do have to limit the amount of news I take in, the things that I that I see, and the things that I allow to penetrate my soul. Because it is so much stuff that's going on in this world. And then if you take that on, <laughs> on top of the detour, the unexpected pothole on your way to the store, now you have to take, you have to decide. Okay, how am I going to get there? Well, you can't go the way you normally would, so you have to take a detour. And so when we think about those things, we really do have to think about the impact that media has on us, the impact that social media has on us, because if we're consistently comparing our lives or what we think is someone else's life, we'll never be happy will never be satisfied. And when we go through these detours, we will be stuck asking, why me? And God's like, why not you? <laughs> like, you're strong enough to handle this. I know the end before the beginning and everything's going to work out for your good. But do we believe that? Do we really believe that? I know for myself, I had to ask myself that, that this is what the word says. And self do you believe that everything will work out for your good? And I wasn't sure. If I'm realistic with myself, I wasn't sure for a period of time because there were situations that I went through where I was like, God's not in this. How can this be God? Why did this happen to me? But it probably was him because he wanted me to grow from a situation. He wanted me to see something in myself. Now, that's a whole nother topic, but <laughs> I'll touch on it briefly. Oftentimes we go through stuff because there are things that God is trying to purify or purge from our lives. And whew, that one is a, is a topic where I feel like I have been being purified <laughs> for quite a while now. And I'm like, whew, it is tough to take a look in the mirror and realize that you don't have everything under control and that you need God's help because you're tired of depending on yourself. When I think about what the Bible says, it's really interesting. There's a lot of scriptures on purification or refiner's fire. And I will just read a couple of them. But I tell you, it is so real. I feel like I am going through this right now because there are things that he is trying to work out. Isaiah 48 verse 10 says, Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction. Woo, affliction. That does not sound good. I don't know about you, but I mean, living in life, that feels like the fire of affliction as it is, but affliction by definition means something that causes pain or suffering. So let me go back and read that verse to you again. Isaiah 48 10 says, behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tried you in the furnace of pain and suffering, essentially. When we think about that, we're like, wait a minute, how can a God that's good make this seem like, or, or say this, um, and it'd be okay. But then Job, and we know Job's story, or some of us may, if you don't, I encourage you to read his story. He went through a lot. God gave him back more for what he lost, but he knows. Um, in Job 23, verse 10, it says, but he knows the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come out as gold. Proverbs 17, 3, the crucible is for silver and the furnace is for gold and the Lord tests hearts. When you think about our hearts being purified in the fire, literally the affliction, the pain, the suffering that you may be going through, it's so that in the eyes of the Lord, we can be purified if we allow that to be the case because it's unexpected. 
Do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Now, this is where it gets good. Romans 8, 28. So we are going through all this testing, the trials, the affliction, the tribulation, whatever it is. And for each person, it's a different measure. For some people, it's something super heavy. For other people, it may not seem that it's that big of a deal, but it really just depends on the person because I think each person has a weight that they can bear and God knows that. So he only gives us what we can bear and he's always there, but he even allowed Satan to test Jesus in the desert. He knew that Satan would test Jesus. Satan didn't have permission to kill him, but he could test him. But what I, what I'm learning now is that even though the thing Satan was telling Jesus was half truth, because Jesus knew the truth, he could speak the word back to Satan and say, you know, yeah, God says that he'll, he'll save me, but he also tells me not to test him. But think about the things that the enemy may be whispering to you right now as you are going through this detour or this trial or this affliction or this suffering or this sickness. The enemy is going to tell you, you're going to die here. But God is like, he doesn't know that. He doesn't have permission to kill you. At the end of the day, no man knows the day or the hour. And I don't believe Satan knows the day or the hour either. He may make us think that he knows because he's a liar and the truth is not in him. But I'm starting to learn more and more that I've allowed the lies of the enemy to take root. But like I said, even though we are being tested in the fire, there is a promise. The word also says on a good note that in Romans 8, 28, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So even when we are going through and we are like, really, why me? Why am I going through this? I don't understand it. You see other people who are seemingly like living their best life. And we're like, good grief, but I'm going through all this stuff. Why? But there's probably something he's trying to do a work in you on. So for me, he's been doing a work in me right now with regard to my heart. He has been working to purify my heart. I don't want to be someone who goes through life thinking that I have everything under control. And yet I'm struggling with unforgiveness or bitterness or whatever it is. I don't want to be that person. So anything that I feel has been done to me, I need to be able to let those things go. But it's not until you experience something that forces you to see your true condition. And so it, it's a beautiful thing because the Lord says that at the end of the day, all things will work together. But we have to realize that those unexpected situations, those detours may be to protect us from something else. And it's, it's so funny. I remember um, Oprah, it was a long time ago, she had a show and I remember there was a guest on and I feel like I was probably in middle school or like high school, but I had just gotten to high school. And I remember watching Oprah one afternoon and she talked about how, how there was a person. Um, I don't know if it was her or if it was someone else. I can't remember now, but they were driving and they felt, and I think it actually in hindsight, it may have been her. They felt like they should go a different way or not go the way they were planning to. And they said that the voice was so strong, and you know, in their, their heart or head, telling them not to go that way. They didn't go, and there was a really bad accident, and someone uh, passed away as a result. And they couldn't help but think, was that meant for me? Or maybe it was meant for the other person, but in that moment, she was obedient and didn't go. But I was young, but that stuck with me. Because I remember thinking, wow, because she listened, she was able to avoid a situation. Sometimes we don't know why we are being denied. We don't know why we have that detour. You think about the people right now who, who are being laid off. You think about the jobs. 
Say, for instance, you went in and applied for a job a year ago. You didn't get that job. Here it is 2020 and that company is closing. Maybe there's a reason you didn't get that job. For the person who got laid off, who became an entrepreneur, maybe the reason you got laid off is so that you could become an entrepreneur, so that you could move forward. But it really depends on how we look at the situations that we're going through. Because I tell you, 2020, it is forcing a lot of us to take a look at things good, bad, or indifferent, it's literally making us look at it all. And there have been so many blessings. I know I've spent a good amount of time talking about the affliction and the sufferings and the the fiery furnace, the different situations we go through. But a lot of times it can be a blessing. The detours, you realize, like I think about myself, the beginning of this year and going through the miscarriage after finding out, knowing the type of person I am, I do tend to worry. And so after we lost the baby, of course I was sad, I was heartbroken. But as I look back, I didn't know how bad COVID was going to get. And knowing how I am as a person, and I know everyone is different because there are people, plenty of women who have had successful pregnancies during COVID and they are doing just fine. And I think it is amazing. And they should continue to be happy and live their best life and trust God because at the end of the day, he has the final say. But I know myself, I am a worrier. God knows that I'm a worrier. He knows what we can handle. I probably would have put more stress on the baby being worried about catching COVID during the time that I was carrying the child. But who knows? I don't know why God decided not to allow the the child to, you know, be born on this earth. But I have to believe that all things will work together for our good and that there was a greater purpose. And maybe the greater purpose was to push me into doing what I'm doing now being able to encourage people who are going through trials and tribulations, being able to share my truth and my testimonies, because the word says that we are overcome by the power of our testimonies. And I do believe that's true. And the reason that the enemy wants us to stay silent is because if we stay silent, no one else gets free. He wants us to cower and be afraid. But in Revelation 12, It says in verse 10 and 11, then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his anointed one for the accuser of our brothers and sisters. The one who accuses them before our God day and night has been thrown out. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives even in the face of death. We are going to overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb, Jesus Christ, and by the word of our testimony. Because that is how people will start to hear how good he is. That is how people will see, because they will wonder, how did you do it? And I was reading, um, you all may remember on October 2nd, I had Sister Danielle on, um, Sister Danielle McDowell, the author of The Scars Beneath My Skin. And as I'm reading her book, there's a scripture that I actually had never read before. And ironically, when I was looking up uh, the fire, that scripture came up. So I'm going to read it, Revelation 21.8. And I never thought about this, but when we think about our lives, are we going to stand up? Are we going to be obedient? Or are we going to be focused on what people have to say about whatever it is we're doing? But Revelation 21, 8 says, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. And I never considered being afraid or not having faith the same as a murderer or an idolater or a liar. I never considered it to be the same thing. But the Bible does say that there's no no weight to sin, even though I feel like we've been conditioned based on maybe past experiences, what we've heard, not really knowing the word for ourselves to weight sin. But reading this, I was like, wow, that's deep because fear can stop us too. Fear is the enemy of faith. <laughs> To me, because that is literally what stops us in our tracks. Fear cripples 
faith walks. And so even though it may be difficult to do so, and I am speaking from personal experience, I, like I said, I tend to worry, but God is dealing with me in that area because now I realize whether I worry or if I don't worry, it's, that's not going to add any time to my life. It's not going to change any circumstance that will happen. Um, I can't stop anything. And the when I think about worry, that too is probably a sin because I'm faithless if I'm worrying. And so it really makes me think about how I handle detours. Because in Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7, it says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So thanking him for what we have, but then praying and petitioning, because the word also says that we have the power to move mountains. And all we need is the faith of a mustard seed, which is really small. And it's easy to say, have faith, don't worry about anything. But at the end of the day, we are human and we may be anxious. <laughs> um, but in Matthew 6, it reminds us not to be anxious because by being anxious, we can't add a single hour to our lives as much as we may think that we can. John 14 reminds us to not to let our hearts not be troubled that he's preparing a place for us and that if we really believe that he's coming again. And so it's really being able to focus on the word, focus on what the word says. And when the enemy comes to you and he talks to you about your detours and he tries to make you feel like you're less than, or look, that's not happening to other people. The situation that you may be going through is for you. There's something that you can get from it and you can grow from it. I like to think of it as gleaning and growing. You can glean and you can grow, but it depends on if you want to. And so for me, that is where I am right now. I don't claim to not have fear sometimes or to not worry. I'm still a work in progress. And I'm like, Lord, bless my mess. <laughs> uh, but there's a message in this mess. Because I'm learning from my mistakes. I'm getting stronger day in, day in and day out. And my goal through this podcast and through other business ventures is really to just encourage other people, to encourage them to take hold of their faith and believe. It is so easy to get wrapped up into the negative things that are happening all around us, to lose faith, to lose hope, and to lose courage. But God says, be strong and fear not. In Isaiah 35, behold, your God will come with vengeance. With the re recompense of God, he will come and save you. And John 14, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And so when the enemy comes and tries to talk to you, and he tries to tell you, how to feel, what to think. You start comparing your life. You start looking at your detours versus other people's detours. You look at your affliction in the furnace and you say, why am I going through this? Maybe with our, why are we going through this? We should add, what do you want me to learn through this? Because that I think will help us heal our hearts. It will help us um, get clarity in our minds and it will help quiet our spirit and our soul and allow us to have the strength that he gave us because the Bible says greater are the things that we will do because of who is in us. But sometimes I think we forget, we forget that he left this for us. We have a comforter, we have a guide. So if you are going through anything, you are dealing with situations unforeseen, whether it is loss of a job, a family member, a friend, um, just dealing with grief, if you are dealing with frustration, disappointment, hurt, anger, resentment, for unforgiveness, take it all to God in prayer and let him know how you're feeling, but then also ask him to give you peace and show you what he wants you to learn in this season um, to help you get through 
whatever it is that you're going through because it will get easier. And on the flip side, when things are going right, give God praise and thanksgiving for everything that's going right because there's a lot that goes right. We think about the number of people who have contracted COVID. And I looked up the numbers earlier tonight and I was shocked that there are over 39 million people who have contracted COVID. And I remember when I first looked at that tracker, um, that number was a lot lower. (laughs) I think it was like maybe a few hundred cases um, the very first week that I looked at it. And to think that we are over 39 million cases right now. And I, I can't believe it. I'm like 39 million cases and 1 million people have died. But there are so many people that have recovered. So it really does make you think, you're like, wow, like this is crazy. That's a lot of people. And it it absolutely most certainly is a lot of people. And there's a lot of people that recovered. But even with that, we have to take it to God in prayer because he knew this would happen. And granted, we do have free choice. And I think sometimes we, we make interesting choices. That's the way I'll choose to put it. We make interesting choices. Um, or we make selfish choices. Um, so we do have to really take a step back and think about the impact of our decisions on other people as well. Because how we handle the setbacks, the detours, the unexpected situations, not only impact us, it impacts others. It can impact generations. You think about if you are holding on to unforgiveness because of a situation that happened to you, think about what that will do to your bloodline, to your family. Because sometimes those generational things, we carry on into the next generation until someone says, I'm going to be the curse breaker. I'm going to break this over my family and over our future. So just put everything in perspective. Think about it. So again, when you are hit with a detour, expect the unexpected. This was actually not going to be the topic of tonight's show, but because of what occurred, I was like, hmm, I know I'm going to do it because I need to be obedient and producing a show every other week. But what am I going to talk about? I really didn't know around four (laughs) o'clock. I had no idea. The show was um, supposed to air at six and um, at four, we realized something came up. And so we weren't able to, to do the show as planned, but God had other plans. I feel like this topic is what he wanted me to talk about. And in talking about it, it's also helping me. So every week that I do these shows, whether I do an interview or it's just me talking, it's a blessing to me as well. And I really hope and pray that it's a blessing to you and that you will start to think about the things that you go through, the unexpected detours and look at them as blessings because they really are. They could be keeping you from something. And oftentimes they are. It could be helping you through something or it could be showing you yourself so that you can get healed. And then once you get healed from that, there might be something else you have to go through just so you can get it worked out. Because if things are all perfect all the time, we won't see a reason to grow. It's kind of like if you're a student and you always get A's and it's easy for you and you never study, you probably won't ever study unless you have to. So it's not until you get into a class where you have a challenge and now maybe you're getting a C or a D and you're forced to study. That's the only reason that you'll study because you have to. So when we think about life, get into a habit of giving God praise all the time. But also when unexpected situations happen, asking him, not just why is this happening to me, but what is it that you want me to learn? So I hope that you all will be encouraged and that you and your family will continue to be blessed and that you would just live in a state of gratitude. But even in times when it's hard to do so, that you remember that everything will work together for the good of those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose and that we can hold on to. So When the enemy tries to come to you and tell you lies, 
you find scriptures to tell him the truth. Because some of what he might tell you may be partially based in truth, but he's not going to tell you the whole truth. It's like if you go to church and they just read you one verse, but then you read around that verse and then you see more and you're like, oh, wait a minute. They didn't read me this part, but that's your work. You do that work and you find out. And then you ask God to reveal to you what he wants you to see. He's not going to reveal something to other people that he's not going to tell you. And I have finally learned that. It took me a long time. I used to think that certain people had like a like a direct line to Jesus. And because I was a hot mess at times that I couldn't call on him or I couldn't call on God because I needed to get everything together because I felt condemned. But the Bible says there's no condemnation. But I allowed the enemy to trick me into feeling condemned to where I want to go and run and hide. I don't want to go talk to God because I keep messing up. But that's when he wants to talk to us because I'm like, you know what? I'm a hot mess and I can't help myself. I need you to help me. So wherever you are, be encouraged, be strong. You will get through this. And thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the CC America podcast. Until next time, be blessed.